This is Robert Margolacci, Chief Digital Curator of the MyChair Learning Report, Canada's Learning and Technology e-magazine. This podcast is brought to you by C21 Canada, Canadians for 21st Century Learning and Innovation. I'm honored to have a MyChair Learning Moment with Sandra Chow. Sandra is a skilled and energetic educator, passionate about innovation, educational technology, and expanding the horizons of education. She's a Google certified innovator, Google certified trainer, smart exemplary educator, and a lead a digital lead learner for the Toronto District School Board. Her experience as a professional accountant and cross-cultural educator and, and networker provides her with a unique perspective as a leader. She strives to prepare students and train educators to learn, teach, collaborate, and create in a globally competitive society. Thank you for joining me this afternoon, Sandra. Hi, thanks, Robert. Well, what a, what a fascinating journey you've had uh, in your career. We first met when you were a teacher at Joyce Public School, one of the uh, Canada's uh, award-winning Classroom of the Future Challenge uh, recipients. And uh, well, uh, a lot has uh, gone on since, uh, since that time that we met. Mm-hmm. It has. And I, I remember just exactly how um, awesome it has been in the journey with you. Just being at Joyce Public School, it's just an innovative environment and seeing you um, evolve as well with Mindshare. It's, it's really been interesting and great to see how education has changed. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I noted that uh, when we first met, I was so intrigued when uh, Principal Cheryl Page uh, had introduced me to you and I learned that you were an accountant by training as my kids are now in the business school studying accountancy. <laughs> you bring a different lens to the uh, learning equation in education for sure. What inspired you to go that direction? Well, I think there's always a good fit for people and um, accounting as, as much as I enjoyed learning and and having um, been in that world for some time, um, it just wasn't a great fit for my personality and the things that I like to do. And I love to be creative and, and think up new things. And um, at that time, when I was an auditor, you're not necessarily encouraged to be creative um, in your accounting. Yes, that's for sure. My one son is experiencing that right now, and uh, he's in tax. And some of those uh, areas of focus and account are not necessarily that fun and very uh, rigid. Mm-hmm. And what I really loved about education was that opportunity to explore new horizons, um, to dream, and also to dream with young children who are probably the most creative people I know. Since the time we met, you went over to Taiwan and, and were a library media specialist for a period of time. And uh, you're currently on leave uh, uh, in a role with TVO, which is fascinating to me as an instructional liaison. And, and, and you've got a new opportunity. Have you? So you are truly a, a lifelong learner and really make an effort, concerted effort to augment your skills. Yeah. Um, one of the new new terminologies I've learned has been living in stretch. Um, it kind of comes from this coaching uh, in, uh, terminology that I had read about where many people can often live in comfort or in uh, fear. 
um, and it seems like it's just one or the other, but there's actually a middle ground, which is stretch. And I found that when you're in that period of stretch, that's probably the best part for you to grow and, and to develop as a person. And um, so I'm not doing something too crazy that I don't think I can handle and I'll start to panic, but I'm doing something that is stretching me enough that um, I feel like I can really broaden and develop and um, grow in what I'm doing. You know, somehow I could relate to that and how we've evolved with Mindshare, uh, learning as a company now with the new Mindshare workspace. Uh, I've always made it a concerted effort to innovate every year and then every like 10 years do a hard pivot. You know, I did my master's in learning technology 10 years ago and we launched the, the workspace, you know, 10 years later. And, and it's... Uh, I can relate to the stretching and I think it's really important as a education leader to have that innovative mindset. If I can borrow George Koros's uh, jargon. Yeah. And, and there's so much um, educational theory theorists who have other forms of that same idea, whether it be zone of proximal development with Vygotsky and, um, and even Carol Dwecka, she talks about growth mindset and having that growth mindset. It, it, it's very similar language, but the idea is being in such a place that you're not stretching yourself so much that you're actually fearful of what you're going to be doing next. And that's where technology often can get to if, um, we, we try to swallow more than we can handle. Absolutely. And uh, it's interesting. I could really, uh, I'm having flashbacks to my uh, learning theories course when you were mentioning Ikoski. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of Papert now, who uh, I had the honor of entering my first ever podcast interview with, with Dr. Seymour Papert, believe it or not, when we were wow. challenged by Gary Steger to interview a, a notable name in education technology. And I happened to have met him. So I reached out to him on uh, Skype and he said, sure, I'll podcast with you. And I had the, I, I actually have his last podcast he ever did uh, following his accident uh, uh, where he was injured and had brain damage and couldn't continue to work uh, as he had. So it was quite an honor and very memorable. So you're in good company with uh, some of the, uh, thought leaders that have interviewed and uh, you certainly, uh, you know, hit my radar besides, you know, your involvement as a uh, member of the advisory board for Mindshare, you, you certainly um, are out there, you know, the Google summits and attending uh, a multitude of conferences. And, and when we talk about technology and education, as much as, you know, a lot is moving to the web, there is still that, desire for people to connect face-to-face, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think we've chatted much about professional learning networks in the past. And and I see you as somebody who is great at networking with people, uh, just at seeing you being able to um, connect with different people around the world is always really great to see. And um, for me, I, I really value those connections because um, there's always a new perspective that I don't have from where I currently am. And when I was, I haven't really taught at many schools in my career, but 
um, being able to attend conferences, going to summits, and um, sometimes having the opportunity to go overseas to present, that broadens my perspective so that I'm not in that Toronto bubble or um, even that Joyce Public School bubble. I'm able to really see and understand a little bit more of what education might look like in another location. Well, that's a great segue to uh, my next question about your new adventure that you'll be embarking on leaving in July. And uh, what what inspired you to take on that new role? Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. And you're off to China, I understand. Yeah, my husband and I have always um, wanted to go back overseas again. Um, as you shared, we had lived um, four and a half years abroad in Taiwan, and I had worked at um, an international school there. And it was a great experience. We had our first two children there. And there's there's something different about living overseas versus traveling or visiting as a tourist overseas. Um, and we wanted that same experience for our, our children in um, as they as they grew. Um, they were born there and then shortly after we moved back to, to Canada and Canada's wonderful. I love Canada and I, especially in Toronto, just that diversity. It's great, but wanting them to know an outside world beyond what Canada is, is, is important to us. And so uh, just through my professional learning network, I'm, I'm part of a, the Google innovator um, network and uh, we get emails and this job opportunity pops up in my mailbox and I pondered it and my husband was supportive and my colleagues were, were telling me to go for it. Um, and I had just read Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean, Lean In. So I, I decided to apply for um, this job, which is a director of educational technology at um, an international school in Beijing. It's a new school, which is exciting to me because Along with the school, we get to in, I get to innovate with them together and really um, establish what educational technology can look like in a school um, that is multi- bilingual. It's bilingual in um, Mandarin and English, and it is also very much focused on uh, having that cultural diversity and and looking at the Chinese culture and the uh, Western culture and kind of merging those two cultures together and what that can look like in an education um, community. Mm -hmm. Tell me, what advice do you have for educators who are are new in the role? They just graduated from, you know, teacher's college and they're coming into a a full-time teaching role. And when you reflect back on, on what your lens was back then versus now there's so much learning that went on and what what advice do you offer a newer teacher one to five years who really isn't sure how to get involved and needs a bit of a kickstart in 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 embracing the plns and you know social media twitter is a huge uh tool for you and i and and our peers perhaps you can enlighten some of those folks who might be listening yeah, and my first advice would be uh, know that the learning curve as a teacher isn't always uh, a climbing summit, but more like um, 
uh, terraces where you'll climb up a little bit and then um, and then while you're learning, you'll, you'll kind of flatten a little bit so that you can develop those skills and then you grow and then you'll develop those skills. And just to always stay humble because I find that teachers who are the best teachers are constantly learning. And even if they're retired at, even if they're retired, I see the best teachers are those who still continue to do amazing things after retirement and are learning. And so knowing that, then you can give yourself a little bit more leeway and saying, okay, I don't have to learn everything in this first year to be this master teacher. And, um, and so then going to things like Twitter and going to things like uh, conferences, you tell yourself, I'm going to learn a little bit this time. And I'm going to develop it and master it. And then I'm going to go to another conference again. And again, come with that learning posture. Because if you go to a conference thinking that, oh, well, I've already learned everything, then you're not going to be able to continue to grow and develop and, and hear what's actually being shared. Um, so just keep going at, at it little by little. And so keeping that open mindset. And what about uh, when it comes to mentorship? De yeah, definitely. I, I think um, find, I, I really think finding a group of people that you can grow with and be honest with and um, str struggle with is important. I think being vulnerable, having people that you can be vulnerable with and saying, hey, I'm really stuck on this and I don't know how to do it and I'm not sure what to do helps you um, to to um, be able to overcome those struggles and 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 to grow and then you're not going to be able to be best friends with everybody in the world so having that kind of core group of people that you can just really be honest and dive in and learn with is important and then having a broader network of people whom um, you might not be best friends with, but, but you know, and you can touch base with and you can tap into their expertise. So there's some great people out there who are just amazingly friendly people. Um, we, we talked, Robert, you and I talked about Lee Castle and she, I'm one of her big fans and I, I don't know her in terms of that intimate level, but I know if ever I have a question about something related to global development or social justice um, or literacy. She's somebody I would definitely tap the shoulder of and, and talk to. Or if I wanted to know something about sketchnoting, Sylvia Duckworth would be somebody I would talk to. Or if I wanted to um, ask somebody about math, we have some great Ontario educators, um, math, um, Kyle Pierce, um, Jonathan So, and then even going abroad and, and looking at um, people um, in, in the States or um, other parts of the world, they're so friendly. And I find anybody that you just tweet or um, email or connect through Instagram, most of the time they'll respond um, many times over and, and, and support you with ideas. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing uh, your insight and passion about learning and innovation and your new journey uh, as you're off to uh, China to take on the new role as uh, 
IT director at, what is the name of the school once again? It's called Keystone Academy. It's in Beijing. Well, here's an offer for you is that we have our EdTech Leadership Summit taking place on uh, October 11th this year. Mm -hmm. I would love to connect with you and have you chime in and uh, across the the globe and uh, bring you in on Skype or uh, Google Hangout and we can uh, get your perspective on uh, on our theme of uh, reimagining uh, schools of the future. I love that idea. Yeah, I, I, I'd be glad to. Hopefully we can line up the, the time of day there uh, for you. But uh, thank, thank you so much again for your time this afternoon. That was Sandra Chow, who is a teacher leader uh, with the TDSB, certified Google uh, teacher, exemplary, uh, smart uh, educator, and TVO uh, education liaison with the math focus. You are so inspirational. I thank you again for joining us uh, today, Sandra. Thanks, Robert. Pleasure. My name is Robert Bertolacci of the Mindshare Learning Report. And until next time, keep the learning curve steep.